Welcome to From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We invite you to take the time to pause, center, and listen deeply. The content you will hear contains excerpts from faculty presentations recorded at Academy for Spiritual Formation events. The Academy is an international program ministry of the Upper Room that provides courses of retreat and study steeped in the rhythms and practices of contemplative life. For more information, please visit our website at academy.upperroom.org. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to From the Well. I'm Rachel Kinney. In May, when B.B. King died and every radio station was replaying old interviews and celebrating his life in music, I began to think seriously about the blues as songs of lament. Lament not just as a time of sadness, but the outward expression of that deep sadness and hurt, an active response to pain and injustice. A seed was planted. I've come back to this thought in the wake of the killing of nine church members when songs of praise and an overly optimistic gospel now sound tinny and can fall hollow. That night in the church in Charleston, they were studying the parable of the sower. We often read that thinking about ourselves as the soil, trying and straining to get the right material and pH level so that the seeds will grow. We fear being the wrong type of soil. In Luther Smith's five-day talk from 2011, he uses Howard Thurman's spiritual discipline of growth in a way that helps us to look more at the seeds in these stories. Growing or trying to grow in uncertain terrain, where things don't happen justly or for a reason and bad things happen to good people and tragedy and violence target certain communities through no fault of their own. Listen now to Luther Smith. If I am good, will it prevent loved ones from dying? If I am good, will it spare my home from the hurricane? If I work hard, will I be rewarded? If I treat others nice, Will I be liked? These matters are efforts to assure us often that there is some way in which life might be negotiated with a sense of certainty, that there is something we can do to assure us of the path that we want to be on. Not only Madison Avenue, but the churches of our culture are offering certainty as the way to security and happiness. Some claim to have an answer to every question. They interpret the Bible a particular way. They believe that they're able to explain all things that have been and will be. Or they offer a set of doctrines that assure salvation. To perceive the Bible in this particular way to understand Jesus in this particular way, to participate in rituals in this particular way. They have a set of religious practices that they say often will assure salvation. Understanding what it means to tithe, 
are to give service, are to pray a certain way, are to live this particular moral code. And this is said often with a promise of health and prosperity. Do this, and surely you will know health and prosperity. Many of these churches are overrun with people who long for certainty, and it's promised to bring security and happiness. Certainty becomes salvation. We are saved from fears and anxieties. We are saved from meaninglessness. We are saved from the known and the unknown. We are saved from ourselves. We are saved from dependence on others. We are saved from God's wrath. And to some extent, this desire for certainty is in all of us. The desire for certainty is part of the human makeup. However, the obsession with certainty distorts who God called us to be. The obsession with certainty distorts who God is to us. The obsession with certainty, that is the effort to create a belief system that eliminates questions, the unknown, and all that threatens, is an obsession that will continually fail when confronted with the fullness of life. And it is an obsession that stunts our responsiveness to God. I just want to repeat that. It is an obsession that stunts our responsiveness to God. The effort to create belief systems of certainty is an effort to pin life down, to reduce life so that it's fully understandable and manageable, to make life fit our abilities, and to minimize complexity. It's a denial of life at full stretch. It's living an illusion that deadens the soul. As indicated yesterday, we were created for the adventure of life, to go out on the deep and not to find ourselves simply harbored. This longing for the fullness of life is more compelling than certainty. Or at least we can say it's more enriching and fulfilling than certainty. For it honors who God created us to be. And here we are talking about the urge for growth. Going even beyond what we have come to believe. For this is a fundamental force, not only in life itself, but also in the spiritual quest. So what do we do amidst the systemic violence and the uncertainty of our world? What do we do to grow toward the light, to bear fruit, to keep thriving amidst the birds and thorns and rocks? How do we improvise and respond when the songs that we have written no longer apply? Dale Clem in his Academy Talk Bearing Witness says that we hope and that our hope 
is a song that composes the kingdom of God. Listen now to Dale Clem. So perhaps you would appreciate a real poet, Emily Dickinson, who wrote, Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. But who wrote the song for the thing with feathers in the soul to bravely sing? Who put this song in the soul? Why does it never stop? What is the song of hope about? Our topic this week is the reign of God in the world today. Now there's all kinds of words that you can use for this topic, such as God's kingdom or God's dominion. But whatever words you use, hope is the skeleton on which the kingdom the rain works. It's this hope is the skeleton that draws us together and enables us to dance. It's the song of hope that keeps softly singing to our souls. It's the hope which brings light to darkness. God reigns through different expressions of hope. We embrace that hope when we put our hand in the hand of God. We embrace that hope when we put our lives into God's hands. The different ideas about God's reign comes together in what Georgia Harkness calls a composite. It is a different, it is, it's like different instruments joining their tunes together, making music. The different ideas about the reign of God are all expressions of this hope. This song of hope is not the shiny jingle of false hope. This song might not always sound like the praise songs we would like. It may be the subversive and surviving call of Wade in the Water, or the organizing chorus of We Shall Overcome, or the refusal to let sadness or heartbreak or injustice strike you mute, and we sing and write the blues. It may just be the wailing and moaning of grief when words and a tune are too much. To be in God's presence, to struggle to grow, to live in hope that asks us to build community, to do justice, to love one another, is not always a pleasant task. It does not promise that things will go well. It does not guard against tragedy, even if we wish it did. The song in our souls that sing to God are sometimes ones of challenge. Sometimes ones that ask us to change, to build, to grow both ourselves and our world toward the light. Listen again to Luther Smith. This matter of encounter can sometimes be for us a time of sensation, of a feeling of adoration and devotion, of worship and appreciation, of fulfillment, of joy and peace and love. It might be all of these feelings, or it might be something that doesn't quite fall into this category of love or peace or joy. There's this awareness of life expanding beyond anything known. Life expanding to something that has this feel of ultimacy about it. Life expanding in ways that give us hope 
as well as perhaps give us fear. But we know that to deny this is to deny that which is for us and for our joy. This new awareness of self, this new awareness of God's presence with us is to see ourselves perhaps as we have never seen ourselves before. Moses feeling unworthy. Isaiah saying, woe is me, with unclean lips. Smith points out just how closely linked hope and fear are. How close hope and uncertainty live. There can be no hope that is not in the midst of pain or fear. And our hope, our closeness to God, sometimes brings us to places that challenge us to do something different, to recognize our role in systems that breed tragedy, or maybe our encounter with God leaves us able only to lament, to sit and wail for a while, to sing the blues, and realize that these two are holy songs. I want to end with another way to look at the parable of the sower. It is in the name. It is not the parable of the soil. Maybe our lesson is to be like the sower who plants and plants through all terrain, hoping that something will bloom, singing as she plants through the rocks, through the thorns, through the fertile soil, the song that perches in the soul and never stops, singing her sadness, fear, doubt, pain, and knowing that this too is an act of hope. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy this installment of From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We encourage you to visit our website at academy.upperroom.org to learn more about our ministry and to continue the conversation about today's topic. You can join our mail list from the contact page and you can also find us on Facebook. From the Well is now available on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher. Just search for From the Well or Academy for Spiritual Formation from within any of those services. From there, you can subscribe to our monthly podcast, find previous episodes, offer comments, and share it with others. Thank you and blessings on your journey.